Your host, Parker, Dan, and Angela, slice and dice their way through the good. If it bleeds, we can kill it. The bad. You brought the devil! There's a devil inside everyone. And the ugly movies you love. And you can't piss on hospitality! I won't allow it! Hold your favorite films and franchises tight, because they aren't safe. In fact, it's already too late. It's time to dissect that film. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the basements. Season two is here upon us, and we could not be more excited. I am Brett Parker. Joining me as always, my wonderful co-host, Dan and Angel of DNA Gaming. Hello. Hello. And joining us as our first guest of the year is the man, the myth, the legend, Dustin from the Flicks and Friends podcast. Big Big Daddy Daddy D. D. (laughs) I didn't know I was going to say it here, man. I thought it was just going to be funny. (laughs) We talked him into keeping keeping it, so that's it's just how it is. Um. Yeah, season two. Yeah, we have, we we decided we're gonna just start it out. It's season two. Let's fucking um, go. Yeah. So, well, we're we're back. We're back, and uh, we all have well, all of us have new mics. Dustin's still got his cool mic, but we all have new oh, mics that are not set up properly. So it might not sound great. So cool. <laughs> Welcome yep. back, everybody. That's rusty as ever. Horrible it sounds. <laughs> Because I didn't try very hard. Uh, today, we are talking about... Uh, well, actually, we should break down what we're doing for the course of the next three months. Uh, starting in February, of course, right now, as you're listening to this, we are talking about films from 1985. Uh, because for each month, over the course of the next three months, we're going to be talking about films that came out the years we were born. So we're starting. Dan's already gone. We're not even two minutes into this recording. Dan already walks off. That's it. He said, go on now. He had to let cat in. Or you'd hear knocking on the door like (laughs) the the cat. Damn you, cat. Get out of here. (laughs) Big Daddy D's in there. I'm going to speak with him. Uh, So, yeah, we're talking about films that came out the the years we were born. Angela, being the oldest member of the crew here was born in 1985 so this month we are talking about movies that came out in 1985 each week each of us will be choosing our own movie well with the exception of the choices of whosever month it is so at the end of this month patreon will be choosing between three movies and that will be the one we cover for the angela's pick so angela got to pick wait till you see what i pick yeah so make sure if you want to be part of that vote go to patreon.com slash dissect that film at the one dollar tier you'll be able to vote for whatever movie it is uh but today three movies that were so far apart in what they are yeah (laughs) be there or be Square. Rectangular. Rectangular. Oh, square. Uh, <laughs> today, though, we are talking about Dan's pick. And Dan oh, chose. Yeah. Actually, Dan, why don't you tell us what you chose? Uh, I picked, and for, for very frivolous reasons, but I picked 1985 Silver Bullet. It began in May. 
and every month after that, whenever the moon was full, it happened again. And again. Nobody knew who or what was responsible. They only knew it had to be stopped. Now, from the master of mystery and suspense, Stephen King's Silver Bullet. It for two, two reasons. Well, I, I've, this isn't a reason, but I didn't know anything about this movie. I, I knew I've heard of it, but I don't know about it uh, because it's Stephen King and my wife loves Stephen King. And I generally enjoy Stephen King's work as far as his movies. I don't read. I unga bunga, you know, rocks and stuff. And then uh, because I wasn't sure and if she was going to pick it. So I kind of picked it for her and werewolves are fun. So why not? So, Dan, have you ever seen this movie? Didn't know anybody that was in it until I sat down and watched it. Okay. Angela, have you ever seen this movie? You... No. I, mean, I know people in it, but I didn't I was know who was in say, it beforehand. I watched Silver Bullet. Like, I knew nothing about it other than it was a werewolf film. The way you explained it, I'm like... Yeah. I mean, I know people in it, though. Yeah. We know a lot of people in it. Well, since you both have never seen this movie, I'll talk about my history with this movie, and that is yes. on TV all the time growing up. Uh used to be on... TNT, I think, or USA. Mm -hmm. It was not one of those channels when I was growing up. And to be honest, this was the first time I'd ever watched it from beginning to end. It was always like I would jump into it and it'd be like halfway through the movie or it'd be the end or the beginning. And I never would watch the entire movie. Uh, and another reason why I'd hear about this movie was I think talked about on the, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, the documentary that Shudder did. They did the three part documentary. In search of uh, darkness. Into in search of darkness, right? I think they talked about it in one of the three episodes or three series that they did, and then Dustin would talk about it all the time because he would post that he got like the Blu-ray and then he had bought it on VHS. And I, I think I was listening to like Epic Film guys talk about like their top five Stephen King adaptations, and they talked about it on one as part of their top five. And I was like. I need to finally sit down and watch this. And then when we were going through our picks, Dan's like silver bowl. And I was like, finally an opportunity for me to finally see this movie from beginning to end. Cause all I remember hearing about was Corey Hames, insane wheelchair and Gary Busey's in it. And I love, <laughs> I love eighties and nineties Gary Busey. I mean, oh he's just the king of just, the most batshit crazy characters you'll ever see on film. And this was before his motorcycle accident. And he was still when he was speaking doing in full sentences. Roles. Yes. Yep. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he still had those crazy eyes and those mm -hmm. big old teeth. <laughs> but um yeah, this was uh this was interesting. I so when I watched it yesterday, uh I, I was debating on whether or not I want to buy the Blu-ray. 
I'm going to buy the Blu-ray, but I didn't buy it in time to watch it. So I was like, oh, I'll rent it on Amazon. It was $3.99 to rent it, and then it was like $4.50 to buy it. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm buying this on digital. <laughs> What's the point of me renting it? For 50 cents more, I could own it. Well, there you go. As, you know, as much as you own a digital copy of something. But yeah, that's my history with this movie. Just something I had never watched until uh, till fully until yesterday. Dustin, tell us your history with this movie. So show him the tattoo. I don't got one. No. It should be on your dick. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what Stephen King called his dick moving forward was the silver bullet. Hell yeah! But <laughs> it was the same for me, man. Like I would always catch this on TV. But and growing up, I always thought this movie started with the swamp scene. Like I always Ooh. thought, like in my mind, oh, yeah. this is where the movie starts. Uh, wasn't you know long after I finally actually got to watch the whole thing. But um, I I currently own three iterations of this movie i got it on vhs dvd and i own the shout factory blu-ray i highly recommend that shout factory blu-ray because the transfer is beautiful the behind the scenes stuff is great there's three different commentaries it's well worth it um, they just dropped the 4k so i'm weird about it like i'm weird i'm weird about 4ks in general dude like yeah because i put out a post a while back about buying pan's labyrinth on 4k and mm-hmm. The whole 4K restoration process is they are supposed to grab it from its original status to, right. you know, remaster it. Pan's Labyrinth remastered the 2K. So I'm just uh, weird yeah. about it in general. So I'll always just buy. I like the fucking art for this, dude. The art for this rips. Oh, it's it's awesome. But this movie, because you're speaking of 1985. Um, last October, we did a top five 80s horror movies on the show with Sean from Movie Dumpster. Yep. This was on my list. Oh, that's uh, right. and it's then, a shame he's dead, but it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. And the Amazon, Amazon, the Amazon Anaconda, right. yeah. yeah. And then, and uh, Sneaky Peaky for I guess Parker right now. Our Patreons, we did a top five 1985 movies list last night. Oh, this is on my list. So this oh, movie, boy. I'll always check. This is my favorite werewolf movie of all time. Uh the werewolf design in it's fucking great. Uh, the transformation scene, the fever dream, Corey Hames, scary Busey, all of them, dude, the whole thing is just so fucking good. Uh, I'll always champion it and I'll always recommend this movie. It's, it's a, it's a pretty good gateway one too. It's not too scary, but it's scary enough to where yeah. it'll, it will scare your fucking kids, you know, but yeah, that's my history with it, man. Uh, I love it. <laughs> so. Alrighty. Well, Let's go through some of the uh, stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff with this movie. Uh, this was directed by Dan Attius. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but this was his last film he ever directed. He would go on to do television, and he's still doing television to this day, to the point that Good. he wrote a book about like the best way to become a director for television. So Do Silver Bullet? For him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not um, making fun of Silver Bullet, just... This was written by Stephen King himself. This was put into different hands throughout the the process, but Stephen King was ultimately the one who made the final script for what we we got on screen. This was based on a novella called Cycle of the Werewolf, which originally was supposed to be a calendar. So uh, Stephen King was supposed to collaborate with Bernie Wrightson, who was an illustrator, who made these beautiful 
like scenes for this calendar and each month was supposed to be a different part of this story so literally every month it was supposed to be like a picture and then stephen king was supposed to write like a an insert for that month based on the 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 picture and all that well stephen king got ahead of himself kind of got went a little overboard and wrote too much so he just came out with the idea of why don't i just write a short <laughs> Dude, oh, we're getting co- we're getting coke, there coke yeah. too much yeah <laughs> oh yeah so he so yeah they they decide to do a short story and wrightson's illustrations were just inserted into the short story and uh i i, I think i'm going to try to find this i really want to read it because i heard it's actually really good and pretty much the the short story is pretty much what you see in the movie uh but it's like every month uh there is an attack like and it goes for 12 months so dino de Laurentiis, who is was a crazy italian producer who literally produced about seven thousand projects throughout his career he did uh king kong from 1976 he probably did a bunch of other King Kong movies uh, later. King Kong lives. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he did a bunch of the, he did the later Hannibal Lecter movies. Uh, I yeah. mean, he's Stephen King persuaded him to do Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness as well. Oh, there we go. Because he, there we go. Because he loved Evil Dead so, like, King loved Evil Dead so much. And it was like during Maximum Overdrive time. And he's like, you know what? There's this one movie that I really feel like you should fucking fund. And it's called Evil Dead 2. And rest is history. Thank yeah, because he was a huge advocate for Evil Dead when that came. Mm-hmm. He's that's why his uh, quote is on the cover of like every Evil Dead copy you see. Yeah, but the production for this movie was crazy because there was like so many pieces of the crew that didn't speak English. You had one. You had like the cinematographer who I think was uh, Italian, uh, Armando uh, Nunuzzi. Who would later be the cinematographer for his for Stephen King's one and only directorial uh, outing, which is Maximum Overdrive? That truck just called me an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> who made who? Uh, I fucking love that movie, dude. A crazy story is that would be the movie that would uh, he the, Armando would lose an eye making Maximum Overdrive as the cinematographer oh, but he would still but he still uh worked after that so yeah, yeah crazy a preacher crazy and a werewolf stephen king yeah <laughs> fucking stephen king whack old man uh this uh cast is crazy we have gary Busey, of course as uncle red i love gary Busey, of course lethal weapon under siege predator 2 uh i mean Lewis goes on and on with little just, big league yeah, just so many great things. <laughs> we have Everett McGill as Reverend Lowe, who was in Wes Craven's People Under the Stairs. Um, oh, why, why can't I think of some of the other things that he's done? Uh, oh, he was in Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. Uh, he was in the original Dune, uh, David Lynch's Dune. He was in, uh, and then his first film was uh, Quest for Fire in 1981. We have Corey Haim. Who this I think was like two years before um, the Lost Boys. I think Lost Boys came out in 1987, so this was like pre that. This was like Corey Haim, 
like before he was big. This was like this was uh if you think of like Corey Feldman being in Gremlins, like that's what Corey Haim was in this movie. Like he was not well known yet. He plays Marty Coleslaw. I'm just gonna call him Coleslaw. I thought it that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. me too. You've heard of you've heard of Murphy's Law, right, Angela? Have I told you this yet? No. You've heard of Cole's Law, right? That's yeah, thinly sliced cabbage. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, we have and- Megan follows as his sister Jane. She did a uh, did a lot of TV work. Uh, we have Terry O'Quinn, the stepfather himself. Yes. Terry O'Quinn yep. as Sheriff Joe Haller. And we John have Locke. Bill Smidovich, Smidrovich as Andy. I'm, I, you know, the entire time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, where do I like? I feel like I know this guy. Like, where is he? He's in X Files. He was in NYPD Blue, which were shows I watched a lot growing up. Um, he was in Air Force One, Independence Day. So maybe that's where I saw him. I don't know. Uh, let's see. There was one other guy. Which I can't remember his name, the the gas station attendant. Yeah, we talked yeah. about him. Tw- I think twice on this show. Which I'm gonna check the oil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was in Mrs. Dalfire, and did we talk about one more movie with him? I can't remember. Yes. What was he? Leprechaun. What'd you say? He was the sheriff. In Leprechaun. Leprechaun. Oh, that's right. He was in Leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Yes, you're right. And then we have uh, Tova Felsha was the voice of the, the Jane and the narration that was so mm. unnecessary in this movie. I she had a oh go ahead. Uh she was in The Walking Dead. She was a I guess a pretty prominent character for a couple years in that show. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. She Good was in Law and Order. Yeah. Um everything. This had a budget of seven million dollars. It grossed twelve point four million dollars. Uh, and it was released October 11th, 1985. Well, this had a good timing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the day before your birthday. October 11th is my wife's birthday. Oh! The yeah. All the good people are born in October, <laughs> just saying. I just want to point out on IMDb, scroll down for just a second, this is not a thing, political thing, so just don't think of that. I looked over at Kent Broadhurst, and I was like, Biden, like, and then I was like, "Oh, it's this is not like." I just looked over to see this picture. He looks like Joe Biden. If you just glance like really fast at his shit over here, that was it. There's nothing more to it. Than you need that. glasses because no, no I just no. look real quick because I there. thought his last name was. Oh, Bratwurst. he played. Was that Brady's dad? Yeah, it's Brady's dad. Yeah, he's a famous painter, I guess. Just really just quick look, glance at our screen. I was like, I looked down his name. He was <laughs> uh, showing some of his like artwork. And uh, he's in Walker, Texas Ranger. One episode. Whoa, Walker, Texas Ranger. I love that movie. Or movie, the show. We, I grew up watching that all the time. In the eyes of a ranger. All right. Well, that's where the ranger's gonna be. We need. Do we need more? We definitely need Chuck Norris on this show at some point. We've not done that. Well, there's a possibility that that could happen at some point, Dan. (laughs) Wink, (laughs) wink, wink. All right. Are we ready? No. Two. Let's do it. Ready? The <laughs> first time we're going to do this. Dissect. Bad. 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 Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I forgot Shit. we're doing that now. Fuck. The ball is I dropped it. That's no, okay. It's the first episode back, guys. It's not gonna be it's not gonna be very smooth. It's like we've it's never gonna done this before. It's all right. We're trying new things, people. Just take sure. it, take it or leave it. Tell us if it's bad or good. Whatever. Hey, we're having so fun. the movie opens up to a full moon. And um, I just day. always like full moon rising. I don't know where that came from, but I just started singing in my head when that happened. Oh, no, you got a, you got a song stuck in your head too. I just seen this dude's name on here was Danzig, and I just started thinking oh. mother. <laughs> <laughs> right, carry on. So we are at like a train uh, train yard. This guy's working on the tr- train tracks. He's working on the railroad. Tra- you might say. <laughs> all living long day yo three songs uh, come on let's keep going i had more so, but i gotta write him down right? yeah he's, this whole uh, time he's there's a lot of howling at the moon oh yes yes i just but they're not barking at the moon some ozzy coming out here Heck yeah uh <laughs> he's probably been drinking a lot too you know he's probably been enjoying himself he's it's late at night he's like no one's gonna he seems like it this. i think it's because like he's like the town drunk like that's what is like yeah. depicted of him like they're like yeah he was just fucking trash this whole time and that's unfortunate <laughs> yeah. for him you know <laughs> yeah because it's funny because when he gets freaking destroyed by this werewolf you and that's the thing about this movie is i originally they wanted one of the original scripts was to have uh, this movie be very much like Jaws, where you don't see the werewolf um, uh, until like it, close to the end of the movie. Uh, but I guess Dio Denarentis was like, "Nah, I want him like boom right out of the fucking rip." And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we see. I mean, we don't see him in it's full. A, it's letterboxed. It's like you get a video. Yeah, you see the like, eyes. Yeah, you see the claws as as he swipes the dude's head off. It's and, clean, uh, dude. Great effect, Fucking too. clean. Love the effects of his head yeah. coming off and his head just sitting on the train track the next day during when the sun comes up. So, real quick about that, I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, the guy's name is his name is Jeff Jarvis, and there's Michael McCracken and Michael McCracken Jr. Like that's like a father son duo, and this guy like they they got to do all the effects that weren't the actual werewolf. So they did all of the transformation mm-hmm. stuff and the uh, mm-hmm. the fever dream stuff. And they actually met on a little movie that Parker brought up on your uh, end of uh, end of your recap and a movie we've covered. They did all of the robot shit for Ice Pirates together. Yeah. Yeah, man. But but they got to do because who Stan Winston turned this down and referred them to do this movie to uh, Dino. Interesting. Yeah, but their shit's really good. There's, I fucking love it, man. It's good shit. So yeah, this guy gets this guy's. He's dead. He's very dead. And yeah. I do like the shot the next morning though, where the sun's up and the train kind of is like coming straight toward the camera, and it's like to to make it look like oh, it could have been a train. It could have you know this is what's gonna fool the town into thinking oh, he was a drunk. He probably fell asleep on the tracks or got in an accident on the tracks. And easy explanation. And then we get the Good. weird narration. And I'm like, yeah, what is this? I, I did not like it from the start. And once it kept going, I'm like, it just doesn't fit into the movie. Because here's the thing. The narration is done by an older version of Jane. Mm-hmm. 
but you never get any indication of what year it is currently like in dur- during the events of the movie you don't know what year she's at you don't know who she's talking to like i felt like there should have been something at the end that kind of gave us like oh today like it's it's an older jane she's talking to like she's talking she's just like telling the story to somebody yeah um I, I don't know. It didn't even have to be that long. Just a, like a minute or so of, of just that kind of could have been the end. But instead, it's like it just doesn't feel very well put into the movie. It could have been taken out completely and I would have been OK with it. Uh, we meet the sheriff, though, uh, the uh, stepfather himself. And he is presenting what they're trying to collect money for. Don't re- it, they were doing like a can drive, right? Is that yeah, what some about? recycling drive of some yeah. type. Yeah, looks like maybe a new ambulance. They got like a picture in the background here. We're watching it right here of like a, an ambulance, maybe new equipment for the city for the yeah. re- like police to, uh, police and ambulance fire trucks. I don't know. I want to say yeah. they also kind of bring up the point that Reverend Lowe is new to the town during this right. point too. He Can didn't I click for me as being important initially. Just just FYI to everybody listening, if you haven't seen this movie, please watch it. Because uh, I'm about to spoil the uh, end of the movie right now. Um, I knew he was the werewolf from the beginning. Like, I knew as soon as I saw him, I knew he was the werewolf. Like, I, I just, just, I don't know why. It, and, 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 it's the it, job. of course, as the movie goes on, it, it makes it more known that he is without, like, blatantly telling you. But, uh, yeah, it just did. I don't know, man. I guess I was just disappointed in myself for figuring it out so easily. I was like, oh, yeah, he's new in town and they're having a problem with a werewolf. Oh, that seems yeah. pretty. I know, right? Out, but I wish they would have. Maybe. It, oh, go ahead. I don't know. It just it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the movie. I just was like, eh, oh, yeah, 100 percent. That's who it is. That's poor snake. I, uh, I didn't catch that he was new to the town right away. So that that didn't collect or connect right away. But uh, I don't think I, I, actually, did I, I, I don't think I heard I, that. I don't know who it was. Like I was like up in the air who it was. Like yeah. I, I didn't register him as being significant. Like in the beginning, it was like oh, these were people just talking about shit. So yeah, because I I know he goes into like a breakdown mode with I think I think he's talking to Corey Hames. He's like yeah, so I came to this town, and then I had to roll into this town. Like when all that shit yeah. like, gets figured out, I, I feel like that's when the Lord dub happens. But I want to say it is brought. It's brought up like they introduce him. I. I it's the eighties, man. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. It is the eighties. So yeah, we meet Jane. Uh, we meet her brother, Marty, who is in a wheelchair, but he's in like the most badass wheelchair ever. It's literally a mo- gas powered wheelchair. Yeah. He's Fucking hanging out with sweet. his friend Brady, who wants to play a prank on Jane. They end up, you know, messing with her with a snake. And at first I'm like, oh man, this kind of sucks. You, you got to feel bad for the cripple kid. And then he's like really like sad about his sister being upset. Like she falls into a puddle and he, at first he kind of like laughs at it, but then like Brady goes a little too far and he's just like, Oh, I'm sorry. And like, he's trying to like be nice to her the whole time. And she's just awful to him. Like, I understand it sucks the situation she was in at that, at that moment. But like later on when he is like really trying really hard to be like, a good little brother and she's just like i fucking hate you i hate you so yeah. much i hate you and you're not fucking working legs blah, blah, blah. <laughs> how dare you be born like that 
Stand up, you fucking coward. Walk. Everything is always about Marty. I know, I know it's not about Marty. Yeah, dude, I, I will say that is one plot point that I wish there was some more closure on in this movie, but we'll get to it later. What, figuring out why? Well, no, no, not even the why. I don't give a shit why he is, but like, like this whole time it's his sister ragging on him yeah about like and his and their parents about like why do you keep shitting on me like i understand that he's you know has these physical disabilities but it's not always her fault it's not always like i get it and it seems like the parents are constantly pushing him off on her because it seems like most time they don't want to fucking deal with no and it's not fair like marty at one point she'd been like you guys need to get off i fuck up it's not always her fault i fuck up like that that was i was hoping would have happened in the movie but, I feel like that's most yeah. movies where you have like, uh, you know, a kid with a disability. It's, a, it's always the younger sibling. It, I would say it's always the it's the, one that's the younger always, sibling syndrome. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, now the, the you know, can you watch your brother? Can you watch? Like, it's always that. And it's like, well, yeah, what the fuck are you doing, parents? Responsible for him. <laughs> yeah, get, I was getting out of the vehicle and making sure he's okay. And like, she has to do like everything for him. It's yeah, crazy. Well, like, I was, I was the youngest. Between my brother and me, and I always got in trouble. Like I was the fuck up. Like always, my was, brother's one that didn't. I was not. So I was the flip flop. I was the youngest of four. So Jane, when she you know she storms off because she's all pissed off because she's all dirty, she overhears some an argument between a couple about the fact that one of them is pregnant and the other one's like, "It ain't mine. It ain't mine," and just leaves. But then you find out. It probably wasn't his because her husband did her husband. He was married. That's what, the, that's, that's what the thing is. Like, he's like, don't come around here saying that shit around my wife. Oh, <laughs> that's why he was like, don't, don't announce little yeah. Right there. Yeah. He's like, it's not mine. Don't come around here saying that around my wife, you know, and then he stormed right. off. Cause yeah. Cause later on when she's at home, like her whole thing was, she was going to, uh, end her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess her husband had already done that because there's like a picture of him on the desk and she talks about it and then she puts the pills in the in the, the tray and then she gets attacked by a werewolf and I was like, Jesus Christ, like it's I mean, it's not like it's so sudden, like, you know, it's going to happen because like it's it, it goes from her bedroom, her talking to herself in the mirror and then you go outside and you see like the, the hand of the werewolf as he's like climbing up the side of the, uh, the house. But boy, it is brutal. Like mm-hmm, once dude. that werewolf busts in that, into that room and just attacks her, it's like the close ups of the claws and, uh, you know, tearing her apart. And then you have, which I'm guessing is her mother downstairs. I would say hearing yeah, everything. Yeah. And she gets the, the revolver and she's slowly making her way up the stairs and, then she busts into the room and it's just blood all over the bed. And, and she's like, yeah, the drapes. And I'm like, geez, I just wasn't expecting the sheer of just like shock value of these kills. Like mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of werewolf movies, but like the kills in this movie are brutal. Yeah. Dude, I was looking, looking at the pills this girl was taking, like these yeah, big ass pills. pills. And I thought, pills, man, I know. I thought they were the, the little dinosaurs you put in water and they they fold out a little sponges. Like, how are you killing yourself, like, killing yourself with these? What the fuck are they gonna? What are you doing, lady? These are the wrong ones. This is say how did sleep. She, how did she die? Well, we pulled a bunch of foamy dinosaurs out of her stomach. I think she. Oh no! I'm not sure if that killed her or the mauling. I'm really confused. <laughs> 
How do you get prescribed oh, foam no. like sponge dinosaurs from the? Oh lord! You're really down in the dumps. Just put this in water. It'll cheer you up. Don't take them. This is like take with water. This is put in water. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you find out that after this attack, mostly it's one townsman named Andy who is just hell bent on just being against the sheriff. He is just like trying to. He's in the bar. He's trying to like rile up the whole bar. He's like, "Yeah, the sheriff's not doing shit." He's like, "People are dying." He's just standing around with his thumb up his ass. I don't know. And then I look at the barkeep, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's Elaine Bennis's dad from Seinfeld." I don't know if anyone, no one here watches Seinfeld, but I do, nope. and I noticed uh, that's who that was. But he had the bat. Oh, oh, peacemaker, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. We then see Marty and a girl I'm guessing he uh, has a thing for. He brings her home and we get to meet her lovely father. He's a pleasant guy. Just kind of, he just he's so fucking brutal. He's pretty much just talking about how he's like, he's like, yeah, fuck the cripples, you know, and they just take them, <laughs> put them all in a fucking pile, set them on fire. I'm like, Jesus yeah. fucking just, Christ. Like, like, they're they're just just gonna 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 gas them or something. <laughs> they just all just end up on welfare. Dude, it's, it's I so take care of it myself. I'm like, whoa. This, this is a Stephen King character in a fucking half. Dude. Is, this guy right here. Downing freaking uh, Coors banquets like they're going out of style. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Mm, and the banquets. craziest thing is I never knew Banquet for meals, the longest yeah. time that the Silver <laughs> Bullet name came from his wheelchair originally. Yeah. That his wheelchair was called Silver Bullet. Well, that's like the, and you've seen the It movies, the newer ones, right? Yeah, but the, the, it was it was called it was called silver. I think in the original one bike, too. And his his bike um, it's called silver. What it's it's the silver bullet is what it's supposed to be. James McAvoy's childhood bike. Yeah, is yeah, also yeah. the silver bullet. Oh, they called it the silver bullet in the re, in the remix. I thought it was yeah. just called silver because uh, in the pretty bullet, sure it says silver bullet okay. on it. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, I know that in the miniseries, as in the book. It was just called Silver because it was based off the Lone Ranger. Mm-hmm. So, like, and, and anytime he would get on the bike, he'd do the "Hi Ho Silver away," and which is not a joke. That's literally what he did in the book. And then, yeah, that's my thing. I love that's my favorite say. <laughs> it's I it so much. Yes. <laughs> Nonsense, booby pants. <laughs> Friends, Romans, um, lend me your rears. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, and. um yeah, we get to meet the gas station attendant who we talked about before. Uh, he's great. Full fact, he like fills him up uh, with gas, and he's like, "Oh, you want me to check your oil? You want me to clean your windshield?" And <laughs> I just love that. I just love that Marty is just like into all of it. He's into yeah. all the jokes. Yeah, it doesn't nothing bothers him. He's just laughing about everything. I'm like this kid is accepting who he is, and I I like that. So. We then go back to Tammy's house and with her wonderful father as he is yelling at the TV because there's a wrestling match on. Yeah, he is yelling. Bust his chops. Bust his chops. And, he, uh, <laughs> and, the, and it's crazy because like he hears something outside. And I don't know about you, but I don't ever, like unless you have a farm and you have animals you have to watch over, like if I'm hearing some weird stuff outside, why the fuck do I care? Let this alone when determined. you know there's like there's like a town wide fucking 
curfew uh, going on. I, I don't say pandemic, but like a situation that's happening in your town people where, I don't dying. know, people are getting mutilated. Right. I'm not going to go outside. <laughs> Why am I going outside? I mean, he's also really drunk. Oh, yeah. Like, so he goes out there. Damn yeah. crippled kids out there breaking my pots. <laughs> now they're stepping all over my flowers. <laughs> How are they stepping, Dad? They can't <laughs> walk. <laughs> what the dude, And he grabs the... Dude, listen. He grabs the worst... Uh, listen, I've seen his rack of rifles. He's got, like, two brake actions. He's got, like, a 12 and a 4 gauge and a bolt-action rifle. Of all three, like, I get the shotgun, but, like, why would you do the one with minimal return shot? Like, like follow-up shots. Maybe he just has issues holding a gun. Maybe. I don't know, man. This guy Maybe looks familiar was, as fuck, it was though. the only guns that the production company could could get. It, so that's it why he had those guns. It's just my thought. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, But yeah, his uh, his attack scene is pretty cool. I like the whole mm. like cat and mouse thing inside the mm-hmm. greenhouse. And, uh, the you know, the wolf is like peering through the, uh, the foliage inside. But then it gets him from underneath breaking the boards and i love that it's not just the wolf just pulls him under he like pulls him to a point where the board breaks and impales him in the stomach and then later uh pulls the rest of them in there i I thought that was a really uh, creative kill i love his kill mind you because i was not expecting that that was not expecting how i was expecting dude i remember his other role i knew i fucking remembered this dude all right, he he plays what? Bafico, James no, A. Bafico. That's his name. Zay, what he, what's Wooly. his name? Wooly. He's the racist cop at the beginning of Dawn of the Dead when they raid the apartment building. With the uh, screaming about the black and the Hispanics oh, just shooting them. Okay. So is he just guy. like is he just like typecast as like a racist? He's the bigot. Like I'll call him yeah. up. He's a great. Uh, you're, you're great at being that just piece of shit bigot guy. Hey, you remember that? You want to be in your role? <laughs> you remember this Stephen King? Comes, I know Stephen yeah. King. I'm not doing this. Stephen King comes up. You remember that Dawn of the Dead? You remember when you were in that and you didn't like colored folk? Well, let's do that same thing, but with crippled people. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Stephen King did write this movie, so I just I'm glad you looked that up. That was I did not realize that was him. So after this kill, the town goes into high alert. They go into like they have a curfew. Of course, you get the little montage. Everybody's kind of like. Get in there. Get, get home quickly. Grab your children. <laughs> oh, like the kid is like playing in his front yard. Like, hey, and the mom's like, oh, get in the house, Scoops Jimmy. Oh, my ball. <laughs> Fuck your ball. Like, <laughs> so we're we're down at like the park by this pond, and Marty is climbing a tree. I'm like, how the fuck did you even get up there, man? Like, you got some. He, this Look. kid has got some. East upper body his core, strength, his core strength, yeah. But like, holy hey, how, how's he gonna get the fuck down? Like, he can't, he can't jump. How the fuck is he? We, <laughs> but that's the thing. We saw him get out. But you see him climb down the yeah, ladder. We did his house. Uh, like, we saw him down the ladder. We saw him get out of the tree. Beast. But I mean, the ladder, down. the ladder at his house. He has somewhere to put his hands like this, you know. But not yeah. the tree. Like, there's a, there's like a seven foot fall from the branches to the ground, dude. <laughs> I, mean, I just I love this sister right. shows up. She's just like, oh my blood. God, yeah. why do I gotta keep helping you? And I know your legs just bad. work, please. Stuff. Just one it, time. Right. His legs would break his fall. Yeah. <laughs> you can't feel him anyways. <laughs> I was about to say not making fun of people with disabilities. No, I just can't absolutely help it. There's too much ammunition. I don't know how right here. Oh. Justin's never coming back. It's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. 
Hey, right off the rip here in season two, we got to try to get another one star review, okay? I mean, really. so I try. I fucking try. Jesus. I can't help it. It's like put in front of my face. Like, I have to. <laughs> so she, she comes to take him home, and uh, his friend Brady uh, sticks around because he wants to keep flying his kite. And unfortunately, he's our next victim. Um, well, Marty kind of pauses for a minute. You think he's got like some premonition, like some shit's about to go down? Oh, yeah. He looks at him with like that look like, this is going to be the he's... last time I ever see you. He might Goodbye. just be like concer- concerned at the fact of the yeah. situation, too. Yeah, could I didn't, yeah, I didn't know if this was like one of those. I know Steve and like King has like a telepathy thing or with like kids and stuff is kind of like yeah. a, a motif in some of his oh, projects. Yeah. So I don't know if that was like, like a <gasps> nod to that. Ooh, all his books are set in the same timeline i wonder where this one fits in yeah, this is supposed to be main like every other Stephen like castle rock yeah yeah except the house you said was where the house the oh it's filled in it's filmed in uh wilmington north carolina oh. yeah 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 that makes sense but uh, up until right up until like right now like the the werewolf has had like morals as to why he's killing who he's killing yeah yep. you know but and yeah. but i yeah. like I like to think about it like the closer to the full moon it gets, the more animalistic he gets. Yeah. So I feel yeah, like earlier, talk about towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. Earlier in his cycle, he's more like mentally stable to, you know, control the werewolf. And then at the end, it's like full on beast. So, yeah, yeah. that's what we were trying to figure out. Like, why? why Brady of all people? Like, I guess it was a time and place <laughs> thing like you talked about or, or like just like literally the cycle. I don't so. know. I think uh, we had the lady who was about to kill herself with the pills, the dinosaur sponge pills. Uh, mm-hmm. There All was the, way the, to go. the drunk husband who probably beat the shit out of his wife. And uh, daughter. Oh, I'm sure and he daughter. did. And then the friend, you know, just like to play pranks. Like, yeah. you know, like how fucking bad is that? <laughs> that's fair. Uh, and yeah, and you Brady's kill cry. is the only, Brady's yeah, death is the only one that's not shown, which is understandable because it's a child. Sure. It, uh, especially, you know, because that was, I mean, you didn't really see a lot of kids dying on screen back in those days. Uh, welcome, I, I welcome it, was, it now. Oh, absolutely. Every, you know, if, yeah, like anyone can die on film. Come on. But I, I, feel, I feel like, I feel like his was it's the not most real. It's a fucking the... movie. <laughs> Fuck them all. No mercy. <laughs> Just I feel kidding. like. His was the most impactful to the whole story, though. Oh, like, yeah. He's, yeah. The reaction that dad gave, and then that's the motivation for the town to say, fuck it, yeah. lynch mob style, you know? And Because at that point, yeah, they don't know the sh- what it is. Yeah, because when the sheriff discovers uh, the the kite, it's not just like the fact that, like, oh, yeah, Brady died. That's an act kid. No, that's literally like, it shows the sheriff, like, dragging the very bloody kite. He's shaking. Mm-hmm. He's, like, saying a prayer as he's carrying it. So, yeah, it's it's very impactful. Um, a lot of these uh, scenes are. It's just like if, if this movie surprised me every time. Every every time we get to another scene, I'm like, holy shit! I was not expecting it to be this way. Yeah, like he tries um, to stop the dad from seeing him, seeing oh, the body. Yeah. Oh yeah, trying to tackle him pretty much. Yeah. So the town turns against the law. You have Andy trying to rile everybody up to pretty much go out into the woods and hunt whatever is killing everybody. And you get the whole thing where the sheriff comes in and says what he's got to say. He's like, you know, I'm the law. 
you got to follow my lead. Like we, we can't be doing this like independent justice type thing. And it's when the t- everybody in the town is like, oh yeah, maybe he's right. Probably isn't good. And then yeah, the dad just comes out of nowhere. He's like, lays that the thing fucking tore- hammer down. He's like, that thing tore my son to pieces, and then like whips out the picture of him. Like my son was torn to pieces, and they're like, "Okay, fuck you, sheriff. We're going out." And so, you know, everybody goes out, and then this is when the the reverend shows up, and he's trying to stop everybody from going out too. And I I feel this is where I figured out that he was the wolf because of just his reaction to it all. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he's not intervened or said anything really of significance. For one, he's for like I understand like he's. For one, he's the reverend. He's like the the new person in town. Like, why would he come down here and like try to stop all this from happening? I mean, there could be other reasoning behind it, but I don't know. It just didn't yep. make any, any sense to me other than the fact of like, oh, he like. I mean, you find out later from him that, you know, as Dustin was saying, like there's his way of justifying why he was doing it all um, to the fact is like, like he's at a stage right now where he feels guilty for what he's doing exactly because he doesn't have control over over the wolf but as the movie progresses he is being consumed by the wolf and so when you start to see that marty is discovering different things about him like for instance like marty so with everything that's going on you have um you know uh, Brady's funeral. Then later, you have the the mob going out and you know hunting whatever. They don't even know what they're hunting. They're just trying yeah, to find somebody something. or something. Yeah. yeah, and a group of people go into the swamp. Which did you notice that like the film grade drops in this swamp scene mm-hmm. because it's covered in fog. The whole scene is very foggy. It's not even just the fact that there's fog like at their waist it just turns the entire film grade to like a fog effect which i actually didn't mind it kind of threw me off at the beginning but that was i was like okay it makes sense and this is when you get the the wolf kills where it's all in the fog like you don't yep, see yep. the wolf's head it's just like the arms come up i love the fact where you hit the guy with the bat he's like he gets a couple swings in and then you see the the bat in the wolf's hand and he's <laughs> it's yeah yeah yep. yep. um you get the dude who gets like clawed in the back and thrown and then uh yeah it's a it's a bloodbath in there and then immediately i love how it goes from the attack and it cuts so drastically it's not like a slow pan to the next scene it is literally like quick cut we're at a funeral and there's five caskets in front of the reverend yep. and he is trying his best to make it like to say something that will appease the town because it's like what are we doing we're having a funeral every other day what do we do and this is when crazy shit starts happening and this is the scene that i just was like what the fuck is going on because this That's is my when... favorite it's my favorite part of the whole movie oh, is this sequence. definitely definitely probably my favorite part of this movie is yep where brady's dad speaks out everybody is giving the reverend like this dirty look and they're like looking like they're starting to turn animalistic and then they start to transform into wolves and it's so good i love the organist who's over there freaking oh, yeah. around as the oh. wolf you get the you get the, the hand that busted through you. the casket 
What was that? Was I so said, I, I called it, because uh, you said it was a werewolf organ, and I said it was a worgen. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, and like this... the one, yeah, the one, I, I like the one that came out of the casket. I was like, that motherfucker ain't dead yet. Oh. No. <laughs> I'm not quite yeah, dead so... yet. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and, and at first, I thought it was like actually happening. I thought like, Oh shit! Is this like a a town wide thing where like there's a bunch of people who are werewolves? No, no, it was all a dream, a well, nightmare, sweaty mostly. dream. No, because yeah. I said is, fever, is fever the, dream. Is he yeah. on something or is he dreaming? And that's yeah, like, and you later yeah, and be, and when you actually get confirmed, uh, the confirmation that he is the werewolf, it's you know this fever dream was because this is his guilt for and, what he's doing, and that's a lot of like uh. That's like a staple in any werewolf movie. Like anyone who is ever cursed with being a werewolf, that is their the internal fight they have is they're always afraid of turning someone else into this fucking right. monster. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's whole like he he didn't he didn't want to do what he did, but he always has that fear of well, what if I actually fucking cause a chain reaction? And that's right. what I like the yep. most about it. It's just the humanistic traits of Reverend Lowe fighting this fucking monster is just it's so good very good and i yeah his like him just i love the whole thing of him like just trying to like say things to appease the audience and to having some faith in that this will all end and then everything just kind of just spirals out of control until you find out it's a, a fever dream so i we haven't talked much about red who is played by gary Busey. Uh, no, he shows not. up. He shows up like way earlier in the film. This is like you, mm-hmm. him and uh, Marty have a really good relationship. They, you know, Marty is um, a big fan of his uncle, but his uncle is an alcoholic, no. and his mom's not Drunkle. a fan of him. He's the drunkle. Yep. <laughs> and so, you then, uh, like later in the movie, this is when Red builds Marty the updated like motorcycle wheelchair, like a three wheel motorcycle, like. What the tell your hell? mom how fast it goes? Got a fucking yeah, wheelie bar like, on the whipping. back. Yeah, he is whipping. Holy whipping crap! Chitters. So yeah, we get that whole scene where he's like riding up and down the street with that thing. Uh, but then he fought you earlier. He found out that the fireworks display at the carnival or the fair in town got canceled. Uh, yeah. So Red gives him some fireworks. He's like, you know, you can go out and. You know, set him off. Just you know, don't be by the house. Like any. So cool he goes. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this is when he take has an adventure. He goes down to like the swamp. He goes onto like the bridge. He sets off some fireworks. The fireworks are freaking awesome. I love the one that like spirals. I always love yeah, those. those things are, no, those things are. I sick. fucking hate them things. We the kids always get them. We stop them from buying them because they always fly off, hit the fucking neighbor's house. I don't want to pay for a window. You never like, know where they're they, gonna they go. Shot at us like a time. Yes, we've had it's to just run. Death. It's just death. What's one of the rockets we like? Uh, <laughs> just death. To to be honest, though, some of the rockets are not like straight up and down. They're two separate pieces stuck together, and sometimes they're cockeyed and i'm like yeah i'm just gonna like stand over here so behind the, something these rockets shoot pretty high in the air and have a pretty decent explosion and usually they go up but one of them we literally had to go up like three feet bend 90 degrees straight down our road 
And I was like, well, I'm glad nobody was driving up and down that road at that time. <laughs> Parker, you heard it here first. Co- cockeyed and perfect explosions. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but that's what oh, I'm kind of passed by. I, I love this movie. Just so as long as much. it's not an early explosion. No, it's, it's premature whoa, explosions. Done. <laughs> um, I know we've already talked about it real quick, but the whole church scene where the, everyone's turning. Yeah. Um, I was watching a little thing on it earlier and Jarvis and uh, Michaels were talking about every, they had to take everyone out of their makeup at the end of it. And there was always mm-hmm. one guy who never would want to get out of his makeup. You know, they're like, okay, whatever, <laughs> fucking float your boat, dude. And it was a week, that whole church scene was like a week long shoot. And they're like, by the end of it, they finally asked him like, well, why don't you ever want us to take you out of this fucking costume? He goes, well, because when I leave here, I go to sex parties and people, the, the girls there really like being fucked by a werewolf. <laughs> Dude, oh fucking wild, man. And they're like, that all right, man. Not what I was you. expecting you to say. I, whatever word. At all. I mean, but hey, more power Role to playing. More Anyways, power back, to back to where wow. hey, <laughs> if you've sat that long getting your makeup done, make the most of it. Just so. Yeah. I mean, Team Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, That's yeah. So, Marty doesn't sparkle. So yeah, Marty is setting off his fireworks and this draws out the werewolf and it gets pretty close until Marty shoots the rocket right into its eye. And he, you know, flies home, hides in his room, and this is what causes like everybody to get more involved around him. So you have, you know, he first he tell or he calls his uncle in the morning. His uncle pretty much up until the very final moments of this movie does not believe him doesn't believe anything he's saying. Uh, he then has to try to convince Jane, which then Jane uh, helps him out by going around the town to collect bottles and cans because she is bringing them to the Reverend. And she's pretty much going around trying to find anybody who has one eye. I like how I love when she goes to the, to the barber and there's the dude sitting there with the yeah. towel on his face and she walks yeah. over and undoes the towel on his face. I would be like, excuse me. All you can see is his nose and his mouth. And she's just like, but like, and then she wraps, she wraps him back up and pats like, him oh, on the sorry. head. Sorry, I mean, she knew who it was, but it was so weird. Like, uh, and like yeah. the two guys, like the barber and the dude in the chair, don't say anything to her as she walks over. Does that? No, nothing. Like, oh, bye, Janie. This is just Have an everyday day. thing. <laughs> uh so yeah, she finally makes it to the church, and he's gardening, and. He, of course, it's like one of those moments where you don't see his face and she doesn't see his face. So she goes to the garage to bring the cans. And that's when she notices the bat, um, the the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, and then he shows up and he gets really creepy. And she notices, of course, he's got the uh, bandage over his eye. And she's like, I, I got to I got to go uh, walk my fish. Bye. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm just really tired. He's like, you can lay down in my house, and I'm like, oh, hello. Don't be nope. suspicious. Don't be because uh, he like puts his hand on her shoulder, and I was like, yeah, it's just don't, really don't weird. Touch me. Yeah, this is when just... he. Yeah, he starts getting as the the film progresses. You can see how unhinged he starts becoming. Yeah. Well, it's also because they're. You know, figuring it literally out po- poking the bear, literally. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, yep, literally. Yep. <laughs> poking him right in his peepee hole. Get it. There it is. <laughs> Excuse me. They please poke don't poke him. me there. Poke him in the well, eye hole. Yeah. It's my no no square. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Such, that's such, dude, that's, I'm not going to, such low, low hanging fruit. Literally, like his balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that, that's, yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. if he wasn't a werewolf, that scene was par for the course. Let's just say yeah, that. Werewolf's got, Wolfman's got nards, dude. I mean, yeah, he does. So, she goes back, and again, they try to have a conversation with Red to try to convince him, like, there's a werewolf. And he's like, there is no such thing as werewolves. And they're like, whatever, dude. You're freaking town drunk. Like, you should be the one who believes this more than anyone here. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) But I love when he goes and talks to the sheriff. And he's telling the sheriff like all the information the sheriff's like all right do you believe it he's like i i don't i don't even know he's like okay thanks red and he's like and then red just puts a cigar in his mouth and just walks out well he asked me he's like well, at least just check him out and the sheriff's yeah. like all right i'll at least check him out like all right because at this point they got nothing to go on so they might as fucking well but that doesn't happen until after doesn't that doesn't happen until after he gets that's after the high speed chase yeah, after he gets trusted, oh, that's the Reverend right. tries to ram him down. Right. Dude, yeah, because that's what kind of convinces so him to talk menacing. to the sheriff. Right. Oh, this this chase is mm-hmm. insane. So so yeah. menacing. Yeah. So of course, this is when you get kind of like the so throughout the movie, Marty has always been very accepting of who he is. You know, the fact that he's stuck in a chair, he can't walk, and all that. And then this is one of those scenes where he is watching kids play baseball seeing and it's like focusing on all of their legs of course um and so he's kind of like in this weird depressive state and kind of drops his guard because then you see the car drive up behind him and it's reverend low and so marty starts to go home and reverend low is following him and then he tries to drive him off the road i'm like damn this escalated very quickly to the point where you get this crazy scene on the bridge where he like drives Marty into the side of the bridge. Marty has to like start get the thing started, and of course, like the last second start before he gets hit, backs up, and then hits the other side of the bridge. He's just constantly breaking boards on the bridge. And then yeah, he's uh getting chased down the road, you know, freaking going down dirt dirt roads that are closed. Then you you get the scene where he goes into the bridge, like the broken down bridge. And this is when Lowe shows up. He like rolls in real slow. And then he like, you know, it's not one of those dumb moments where you get a lot of movies where like someone's hiding in the most obvious spot and somebody just walks up and just, I think, do they just stare at it like a wall and they just do this and then they yeah. just walk away? <laughs> <He's> <laughs> no, he actually, yeah. yeah. No, he actually knows he's in there. So he goes in and he confronts him and he pretty much is like, yeah, I'm going to throw you in the river. <laughs> You're going <laughs> to drown. Like, yeah, this is and, where he gets the lore. You get the lore dump there. Like he's like explaining yeah. him Why traveling town to town. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because this kid exp- fucking found him out. Yeah, yeah. And of course, he gets saved at the last second by one of the guys who lives on this street, who just comes out of nowhere with a tractor and he's just like screaming for him to come, you know, come help him. And then yeah, Reverend Lowe kind of like slinks into the shadows and then he disappears. So yeah, this is when he tells Red. The whole situation. He goes to talk to the sheriff. You get that whole conversation. And then the sheriff goes out to uh, the church to investigate. And he goes and he finds the car. 
he finds the paint job all scuffed up with the dent in the color of the wheelchair and this is when we get the confrontation between him and Lowe where um you know he's he pretty much is like telling him what he's looking for and then Lowe just attacks him freaking hits him in the head with the bat freaking hits him again with the bat this is when we get the transformation like a full like straight up transformation uh which is very weird um but i loved it it was great it was so quick like you you think of like one of the greatest werewolf transformation of all time of course most people will probably say american werewolf in london um but it's very slow like the whole process of him turning into the werewolf. like this is like five to ten seconds this dude goes from you know a person to a werewolf and it's like you get to see it all like him like his chest like busts out the hair growing his face like morphing and the the whole snout coming out and all that but it's very quick but it's so good i'm gonna say though i'm not the biggest fan of the design of the werewolf in this but i like the fact that you don't see it a lot so it doesn't it doesn't take away from the movie so like we like we saw him we saw a decent amount of him on the bridge and we see a lot of them at the end, but it's like it's not a lot, so it's not like oh, that's that's horrible. It wasn't terrible, yeah. but it's not my favorite looking werewolf uh, on film. But well, you bring I up American, you bring up American Werewolf in London, and you see that first initial change, and you see the pain that he goes through. Oh yeah. So it's it's slow from head to toe. I mean, that was the whole this, point. Yeah, they wanted yeah. to see the pain. Well, this makes me think that he has changed several times. That's, well, yeah, I mean, you can like, tell like that how, throughout the movie. And like, yeah. like, like how his, long has he been a werewolf? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Right. Like, it it makes you wonder all the places he says he's been before. Like, how many before that? Right. Like, did yeah. he leave? How many did he leave out before? And like, how old is he actually? Sure. Like, uh, silver bullet. Because you prequel. don't see the the pain that he goes through. Yeah, but also so. think about all the other werewolf transformations we've seen. Like in Trick or Treat, all they do is slice their skin off, and boom, they're werewolf. Yeah, no, uh, I, I like yeah. the, that. But we're not like, seeing the same thing over and over again. When exactly, you know, like in fucking Underworld, they just. <laughs> No. And they're well, that's all CG, though. That's what no, like, I, it's, I, I hate yeah. CG transformations because they're just so they're so fast. It's literally like, yeah. Bing Bang Boom, they're a fucking werewolf, and it's like it doesn't. You don't see that pain like we're like Andrew yeah. was talking about with American Werewolf in London, and like this one, you get, like it's quicker than that, but you still see everything that this guy is going through as he is turning into this werewolf. But yeah, it kind of seems oh, like yeah. he has done it so many times that he is accustomed to the change. And as I stated earlier, this was, you know, this could be as the, I guess the phase of the full moon, like progresses, he gets stronger. And so Mm -hmm. this is where he's gotten to the point where it's like, he's mostly wolf. He's mostly the wolf, even when he's in human form. I mean, that even dates back to the Lon Chaney stuff. And I know it's really camera techniques for that, but Lon Chaney sat in a chair and then time lapsed him turning into a werewolf. Right. You know, yeah. so I mean, it's just, yeah, I love that too. Yeah. Like, I love that. I'm down for any type of transformation. But I, I, my point was what Angela was saying is who knows how long he's been a werewolf to the point where it doesn't even bother him that he's, you know, when he right. changes, he just, 
it, it, it changes, but it's almost like now it's on command too. Right. Like when it gets closer to that moon, so so he fucks up fucks up that sheriff. Oh, he oh, oh yeah, he does. Him. Yep, you done. Uh, so this is when we have the final sit down with Red, Marty, and Jane, and they both give up their one. I think Marty has a like a pendant. And mm-hmm. Jane has a crucifix, and they're like, make a silver bullet out of this. So Red goes down to uh, the local sporting goods store. <laughs> the gun smith, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and the narration for this for this guy is like he has been alive for a thousand years and he has mastered the craft of perfecting the silver bullet. It's not his first time Only making two. it. It's not his first yeah. time. No. The yeah. second it's one. Not. He's done at least two or three. Yeah. Because he's, he's literally you know, expert at this like, point. What, he's like, what do you uh what do you need this for? What are you gonna be doing with that? And he's like, Oh, you know, just you know, just to have it. I just figured it'd be too cool to have. And he's like, It's for a werewolf, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, he just he calls like, him out. He's like, <laughs> <just> like, uh <laughs> Just let me I'm pay you for the bullet, please. Yeah, let me leave. I, I just gotta, <laughs> I just gotta go. No questions. Here. Yeah. God, that's so funny. Oh, so this is when you get the whole thing where Red win or in air quotes wins a free trip to the Plaza in New York, which is uh, Ding Dang Dong two to place, right? Yeah. Trump's um, hotel. Yeah. Yeah. So he fakes a free trip for them so did they just go all the way to new york and realize we don't have a fucking room we don't have a stay like <laughs> motherfucker. what is what is the plaza <laughs> it doesn't exist <laughs> yeah. he, they get sent to an address it's just like a field <laughs> damn it he makes a fake golden ticket for them like his <laughs> um the ransom note that dude uh, oh that- yeah we forgot Dude to mention earlier. the earlier. No. Yeah. yeah, like it, it's just a fake note. He just could give them like, "Hey, you that win." That whole process of when Marty, you know, Marty and Jane are 100 percent convinced that Lo is the the werewolf. Uh, Marty does the classic uh, ransom note, you know, where he, you cut an individual letter mm-hmm. <laughs> and create something. He takes like, her magazines. Yeah, he's like, "We I, was it? Uh, we know who you are, what and what you are. So you should just kill yourself." And then you like, see really? Lo read the note and just fold it up very just he's just angry. Well <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they go, that's what because Gary Busey goes, I'm not the one that told the Reverend to go chew on a bunch of glass. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, makes so you wonder great, though, how many lines Gary Busey actually made up in the moment. So he oh, was there's a he was allowed to kind of go off the cuff on a lot of stuff i know that the yeah i i looked into it the um the conversation that him and the sister have not uh his actual sister, so the mom yeah um the one they have when you first see red where he's talking about like you know he you know wants marty to be able to live the way he wants to live and of course the mom is being very protective and i guess that was all that, that wasn't in the script like they just kind of went off of each other and um, there's just several good. things he says that oh, yeah. i'm like i love it when he gives him the, yeah the, he gives he him the new wheelchair and he's just like i feel like a virgin on prom night like, yeah dude, dude. <laughs> yes and he comes <laughs> back and he's all laid on the ground he's like, yeah, okay? what is he yeah. doing he's like dead oh yeah because he was so he was like so nervous he's like this kid's gonna die 
Yeah. Scoot's yeah. gonna die. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> like, what am I allowed to say in front of this kid? Oh yeah. my god, so good. Hey, it was the eighties. I mean, the great thing about this movie that I, you know, that I notice is like, they know he's an alcoholic, you know, but they, it's also not just like a stereotype where like he's the drunk uncle and so we're going to treat him like shit. Like after he gives him the wheelchair, they have this nice family barbecue and everybody seems to be smiling and having a good time. You know, he's got to go and everybody's like, bye, bye, Red. You know, it's a whole, it's a nice family situation. Um, well, you also see prior to that, I think it's at Brady's funeral. Like he's gonna drink and then decides not to decide. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he pulls the flask out at it's the Marty's funeral, right and he's yep. just like he Look, opens it up, looks at Marty, and he's just like, "Okay." It's like this subtle thing where he's trying to do better around about, about Marty after what his yep. sister said. So, yeah, but at this point, so, we know Reverend loves the bad guy because he has an eye patch. So. Yep. Ah, reminds me of what's I don't know his name, but Doctor Evil's henchman. Num- number two, number two. That's <laughs> numbers. That's what I thought of every fucking time. I was like, number two. He's handsome as fuck, dude. Like even with the eye patch. Yeah. Oh, it's just, dude. Oh, shit, have you seen eye. a picture of him lately? Yeah. He has still got the chin. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the chin never disappears. Oh, he was on Twin Peaks. That was another thing he was on. Yeah. I know there's a lot of mm-hmm. Twin Peaks fans out there. Um. So yeah, the parents leave. So it's just Red and the kids. And they're wait, they're gonna stay up and wait for the for the wolf, and it gets to the point where Red kind of gives up and is gonna the kid tells the kids to go to bed, but then Jane sees the wolf outside, and again Red's like, oh, you're just seeing things, blah blah blah, like literally till the last moment, Red does not believe that there's a werewolf until the werewolf busts through the fucking wall. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool, like the Kool Aid man. The funniest you know. thing is they're focusing on the window, like you're expecting this thing to come through the window, and it just busts through the wall of all yeah. things. Perfectly laid out oh, yeah. around it's him. So like funny. the Kool-Aid man. You know, I love I just, love Busey's physical acting and all this because he keeps joning and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he gets tossed around the room. Oh, it's so good. But, and Dan, can I ask you real quick? The the silver bullet is loaded into the revolver already at that point. It's ready to go. Yeah. All they yeah. do is pull the hammer back and shoot it. How the fuck did it fall out of the gun? Period. He, he opened it. Well, he to took take it out. He opened it. He took, took it out. out. Oh, okay. Because I'm sort of like, what? Like, it all happened so fucking fast. I'm like, yeah. I know what he's about to say. Cause... Dude, I'm glad you mentioned it because there's like so much shit. I know it's a movie. I get it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Prop gun. Fuck that. They just use real guns with nothing in them. So he's like adds this gun and he's just like talking like this and like shaking at the kids. Like this fucker is loaded. It's not just this like he's just like whoa. And I was like, okay. dude, even though it wasn't loaded, you don't do that with firearms. But you don't be pointing them and shaking them around. In his hand like this, and he's pushing the wheelchair. Like, I don't think you should be pushing the wheelchair. Holster that motherfucker. Put it in your belt. Like you're just something, man. He has like, it come on. Sideways holding on to the and he's like shaking it at the kids. Dude. Here, like, hold my beer, kids. Like, Jesus, <laughs> Busey, calm down. <laughs> but dude, I love when he fucking fisticuffs with this werewolf man and he gets oh, yeah, everywhere. But oh, it's yeah. like the wolf's like enjoying it too, like at this point, because usually like everything we've seen so far, all the wolf kills have been he picks up the sister, like just picks her up and like looks at her and all that shit. Yep. T- is taking his time with it because they literally tried to ruin what he has been keeping secret for who knows how long. And yep. now he's just enjoying all of it. But what I would be, I'd be just as fucking mad as their parents walking back. And I have these holes busted out of my house. 
Like, what the fuck did y'all do while we were not at a fake hotel in New York? And I'm, let's, let's get to party. let's get to that. Okay, let's get to this real quick. Um, yeah, because he has a cigarette that he drops in his lap, and it's like, hey, you could have, you know, he's like, oh, your gun oh, no. could have went off at this point. Like, hello, mm. here you are falling asleep with your cigarette in your hand. Yeah. Like, wee. it was the eighties. So, yeah, yeah. on fire. You get the whole you get the whole thing where the bullet falls on the floor, it rolls into the vent, and so Marty has to try to fish it out of the vent as perfect spot as Uncle Red's getting thrown all over this room and yep. the sisters are sitting there screaming. He finally gets it, loads the gun, shoots uh the werewolf in the other eye, and hell of a shot, mind you. Oh yeah. But and, no, no recoil, right? No. Nope, just does it. <laughs> no <laughs> recoil. And kills yeah, kills the kills the werewolf. And then we get the very slow transformation back to a human. Here's my question. Um, how the hell are you going to prove that this man was a werewolf? Well, he's naked. Yeah. Dicks out. You know, I mean, that's it. That's he's it. Yeah. He's naked. He's dick, his dicks out. He's he got, must have been a werewolf. Got, like, he's got werewolf dick. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's weird. It pulls oh, in. That's the only, that's the only part of him that's still really hairy is just the crotchal region. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like the snout of a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, he's got what oh. the happy trail. There you go. Oh yeah. There you go. Show him load it. Show Jesus him. Christ. All right. So I just want to point this out. This happens in both instances of this. So I'm watching this, and I didn't pay attention this first time. Angela's got. Oh, this where he loads the gun. Well, when he takes the round out, he takes the round out of the abuse. He's like, I'm taking this or drunkle, whatever we want to call it here. <laughs> Scary. So, there you go. Yeah. So he takes the round out of it. He has it. At the twelve o'clock position, if if you would have pulled the hammer back to fire, it wouldn't have fired. Nope. It would have hit an empty, empty cylinder because when you do it, it clocks to the next cylinder to the it cycles. So he should have been had a one to the left. You should have the ten o'clock position, so it cycled to the twelve and fire. And even when uh, Marty loaded, it was the same thing. Top position, pull the trigger, it would have been blank. Anyway, it's not nobody's that shit. No, most people they got to uh, spin, spin it. it. Russian roulette. <laughs> But of course, okay. once the transformation is done, we get a final jump scare of low, and then he falls back. And then uh, Marty back. makes a joke about his legs. I love <laughs> like they're legs. like, Marty, are you okay? Walk. And he's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk. I can't feel my legs. <laughs> That's <laughs> so good. See, he even makes fun uh, of it, guys. We I know. Too, it's just great. <laughs> I mean, not that Corey um, Game was actually... <laughs> Dude, actually, that just, that re- that just reminds me of Labyrinth all over. Dance like... Magic Dance? He's like, he can't. His legs don't work. Not him, the werewolf. <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyway, no, I, I do. I will say, out of all the transformations, I didn't chime I in because you guys dance. pretty much covered the bases. I like my favorite of the thing is actually when he untransforms after he dies. Yeah. Like, I like that. I like, like that in all reverse yeah, was, and shit. That was cool. It was all filmed in reverse, too. It's yeah. cool as shit. I love yeah, it. It looks great. It, uh, um, the gr- awesome thing was that Everett McGill, who plays Reverend Lowe, was also in the werewolf makeup. Like he was the werewolf the whole time. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's good. Good for him. I just think it's really cool that they didn't. They started this movie and they didn't have a werewolf. It you- just kind of like evolved. They didn't have any. It, they didn't have a werewolf costume. Oh, when they started filming the movie. When they started filming. Them. Oh, okay, cool. 
so well they originally like his face they they actually molded it mid-movie too because it looked too much like a bear yeah and they were called yep. a werebear and they were pretty pissed off about that well not werebears are dope <gasps> the werebear's there yeah you could <gasps> yeah werebear's there he does that a lot in this movie actually yeah, he does <laughs> All right. Well, that is the end of Silver Bullet. So let's go around and talk about what we thought of the movie, our final thoughts on Silver Bullet. We're going to start with Dan, who picked the movie. Dan, what was your final thoughts on uh, Silver Bullet after seeing it? This was this felt like a Stephen King movie, and I don't mean that in a bad way at all, because I like Stephen King stuff, at least what I have seen. I like it. It felt 80s. I, I, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed the, for somebody that didn't pick up on like all the things, I'm usually pretty decent at spotting like, ah, oh, this is the guy, you know, right. no red herrings for me. <laughs> and uh, I thought, uh, I thought they did a good job. Like I actually didn't know for a while. Like I was kind of like who guessing for a little bit until once they had the, the church scene and I kind of was like, yeah, that's the dude. Uh, I, I thought the actors did a fine job. So a lot of people I noticed, I recognized from other work as we've talked about through this. And, uh, well, I, I didn't mind the wolf. He wasn't my favorite uh, werewolf, as I said, but I thought he was fine for what they were doing. And and I think them how they shot it a lot in the darkness and under the veil, not really always seeing full shots, but all the time. I like that. Even if it looked great, the costume, like hypothetically, was just the best werewolf ever made. I wish they would still have done that approach. Like, I just like the shadows and not fully seeing everything. And and Gary Busey was wonderful and his like random shit he would say. And I was like, God, oh, such a Buseyism. Like, you know, just like just weird bullshit that he would just spout out of his mouth. And I can't tell if it's just Stephen King with some of his weird shit he says in his books or it's just Gary Busey being right. Gary Busey. So but it, it, it's a good time. I I mean, I definitely recommend watching it. It's definitely worth watching again. I, I like it. It reminds so it me of the, it gets the seal of approval. Absolutely. Like it reminds me of like it and um, like the original it. And then like the stand and like, I just get vibes of shit like that from it. So it's good times. I'm surprised Stephen King wasn't in this. He wasn't anywhere in this, was he? No. He's usually in his own movies. Okay. That's fine. No, I love his little cameos in his movies. I know. He could have been the green shit dude before he turned into the green shit from. Creep show. Yeah. Creep show. Yeah. Yeah. That that. That old lunkhead. Yeah. He would have blended right in dude. hundred percent. Angela, it's your turn. So coming <laughs> coming from a Stephen King fan, this actually wasn't one that I watched. You didn't read the book, um, did you? I did not read the book. I was actually going to um, <laughs> audio book it at work because that's what that's about the only time I can read anymore. Um, I really enjoyed this like dan said we were pointing out people that we have seen before terry o'quinn he was john locke and lost i think that's um, like his most had, famous role now well he had to point that out and i think it was about uh, about five or ten minutes afterwards and i'm like well because it is him i kept hearing the name and i was like why the fuck do i know this and then we're gonna shout him out because we have to it's movie dumpster because i've listened to all their shit and i was like stepfather it's like what yeah. i know him from because yeah. of their podcast on it and i was like god that name and i was like oh and then i was like oh it's john locke i told her and she i know she watched lost so. yeah and coming from the the big boom of werewolf movies i feel this kind of came below certain ones because we watched american werewolf in london before this one and i love the transformation of that movie and 
the whole werewolf thing that, that was, it, okay. it went with. I feel like there's like different kinds, different werewolf movies. And I, so. I get yeah. there's, everybody has their reiteration of what a werewolf should look like, act like, you know. And I, I don't think this is at the bottom. I just don't think it was at the peak of what could have been. But I thoroughly enjoyed this movie and would definitely watch it again. That's, I want to see, I want to pick and choose <laughs> like what I pick at, like what, what little things I nitpick at. Cause there's always something there. Dustin. It's my favorite werewolf movie. Like I, I've loved this movie since I was a kid. Um, this one for me sits right underneath dog soldiers and the, the, the werewolf. Like I said earlier, man, like it's, it's not too scary. And the thing with Stephen King is a lot of his shit. A lot of his monsters are like round. If that makes sense. Have y'all seen night flyer? No, the, I, vamp- I, the, the vampire. And that I, looks goofy as fuck, dude. But that's a Stephen King monster. This is the same deal with this man. Um, people who dog this werewolf, it's like, teach the room like angela said everyone has their favorite type of werewolf this just happens to be my favorite one um i'll always champion it i'll always recommend it um it's also a breezy watch like it, you're oh, invested yeah. the entire time so uh yeah i will it's yeah. it's great yeah i mean i'll just piggyback off that i just uh watching <laughs> it for the first time all the way through yesterday i was like man i hate that it took me so long to do it this is a it was a fun watch it it gets you right from the beginning it just and it doesn't let let up the kills are brutal even even kills you don't see so like you know the the brady's brady's death is is a is a hardcore death because you just can imagine how much like what it is or what he looks like and and all that and using your imagination of like what did the father see oh man hits you hard um, Gary Busey is always a blast. Corey Haim, I enjoyed his performance in this. I think everybody who I think everybody in this movie did a great job at their respected roles. Even you know you got shitty Andy who's just riling people up in the bar, but I feel like you always got to have that type of character. Um, and then uh, he gets killed. So whoops. But yeah, this is a great movie. I had a lot of fun with it. It's Stephen King. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Um, I definitely want to read the novella now just to kind of see, cause I've heard that the novella is very similar to the movie. So I want to see, um, kind of the differences and see what it's like. Cause I love King's writing, even when he was coked out of his mind. <laughs> now, yeah. now we're going to go to social media. Cause as you know, we like to reach out to everybody on social media and, uh, let you guys voice your opinions on the movies we are covering. So first, we are going to go over to Twitter. Yes, I'm going to just call it Twitter. Fuck the other name it has. Uh, Our first comment is from Mickey, your cell phone wallet keys, who says, my absolute favorite werewolf movie. Everett McGill does a fantastic job of riding that line between guilt and indulgence. Uh, Our next one is from David Palmer, or at Mr. Palmer with a three. Uh, says first time watch last year and discussed with the amazing folks at gobble podcast, which ended up a really fun episode. So uh, go check out that episode. Uh, great movie shit. Werewolf design, clever whodunit style film, 
Uh, Gary Busey is a legend, and Corey Haim is less of a prick than usual. Dave from VHS Abyss. To each their own. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I mean, different strokes, different folks. That's cool, yeah. man. To be honest, to be honest, like I, I stated, I didn't hate the design of this. I've seen better, but I didn't yeah. hate it. Um, I did watch some videos uh, about this movie after I had watched the movie, and yeah, there were some that said that they liked the design, some that said it was the same kind of opinion as this, where it was, you know, probably one of the worst or, you know, whatever. But yeah, it's a great thing about opinions. Everybody yeah. has one. And uh, assholes. Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> At least I hope so. I wouldn't want to beat the guy who doesn't have an asshole. Uh, and our last one on Twitter is from Chops or at Mongolian Chop. Chop. That's a name. Uh, there's a very interesting, cool scene involving a church. I didn't remember it when I saw this as a kid. Yeah, and it's probably the best scene in the whole movie. So yeah. thanks for your comments over there. Now I'm going to go over to Instagram because I think I had one. Uh, the one comment over on Instagram was from nerd at the movies who says one of my faves. I love, I love that people love this movie. And then I'm going to go to threads because I think we might have had one there. Buried in the threads of time. I was wrong. So that was it. That was all of our comments. Thank you to everybody who commented. Make sure to follow us on all the social medias if you want to participate in um the yeah into in the conversation about the movies we're covering because it's, it's a lot of fun reading your thoughts on the movies because we get like i said we get opinions that are all over the place and it's great so thank you very much all right well that's it for silver bullet now let's talk about what dan you had your finger up. i want to i want to say one thing before we get off here and this is really important i did this for Sorry, I did this for Dustin. Andrew looks so and, mad at you just really quick. Really quick. Need to go pee. Oh. Really quick. Dustin, this is for you and the guys you work with. I've done this whole podcast. I don't have any pants on. Oh. I can yes. confirm. Just letting y'all know. I wanted to start the season off right. There it is. Wait, like like there's nothing. Like, like you're like Reverend, you're no, like Reverend sweaty ass. I wear, I wear no, no, I wear touching the chair. I would not let him do that. Right, no, Angela, he has why is this is all going on? Go to the bathroom. Okay, please. Like, I was trying to just wait. Go, just go. Just go. It's like a pair of cheeks and then like the top of a little drumstick. Like like right there on the... Do not make me laugh. I'm oh, just okay. making comments. It's just, it's just what I do. It's not It's not, It's not. not like targeted. <laughs> I feel, uh, what I, look at this. I'm victimized. What I like the most about this dude, how you, I didn't think about this, uh, but uh, how you brought up they wanted it to be like Jaws. I'm yeah. glad they didn't have like the werewolf scenes and then like cutaway shots of like a wolf, <laughs> you know, like how there's yeah. the cutaway scenes of fucking great white sharks. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Grizzly, there's bear, and then there's cutaway scenes of I love bear. bears. Yeah, it would have clashed a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think the, the the fact that it's a werewolf and it's like this mythical creature, it, it, yeah, it would have kind of thrown me off. Like the fact that they used actual great white footage in jaws when it's about a great white like yeah it was it doesn't blend well now if you think like looking back at it yeah but i ignore it so whatever but it was, was done better it was yeah done it would have been weird too, man <laughs> the zombie beats a shit out of a shark an actual shark real zombie fake a shark tiger shark <laughs> of all sharks they're like yeah. let's have this dude dressed up as a zombie battling against a tiger shark underwater like what the fuck? 
listen, just grab grab them. Just get them. Like I tell every time, just get them from behind. Squeeze as hard as you can and just scream. At least you can't because you're underwater. They're going to hear you. But, like, just scream. Where's your Where's your dominance now? I have thumbs. Who's your daddy? <laughs> yeah. But, no, Dan. Evolution the, sides with me. <laughs> the scene where Reverend Lowe's, like, transforming from werewolf to him at the end when he gets killed. <laughs> what was cool is, like, the when you see, like, the snout, like, going back in. They yeah. filmed that shit in reverse, and they had, like, a tiny wire hooked to, like, the nostril of the snout. And they just pulled that shit really slow. So it like pulled oh. it pulled it out to look like a fucking it's fucking tight, dude. Like if you get a chance to watch any of the behind the scenes stuff on this movie, you should do it. Absolutely, it's pretty good. Oh, she's back. Good, it's all right. We said nothing but nice things while you were gone. And so. you stole my water. Tits. So Tits. next week for week two of our journey through 1985, the it return- is my pick, huh? The return tour. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yes. season two. Season two, baby. Uh, yeah, well, this is my pick. And I was digging through the trenches to try to find what movie do I want to cover for this series. And it, I, I, I was like, we could cover something that's been covered a lot by a lot of other podcasts, or I could cover a movie that I don't know if I ever hear anyone talk about. Um, and I found the perfect one. And that is 1985's Return to Oz. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> The Disney nightmare fuel. That's it, dude. The oh, There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to be doing Return to Oz next week. And uh, I'm very excited because I haven't seen it since I was a kid. All I remember is all the scary bits. And that mm-hmm. is a um, acid-induced <laughs> nightmare trip. Um, is that the one with the people that like the weird tall things with like bike? The wheels. Yeah. Yep. The okay. wheels I, I get that mixed that. up with the long gangly fuckers yeah. from uh, Black Crystal or whatever. Dark Crystal. I oh, yeah. It's uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. It's on Disney Plus right now. So if you want to watch along uh, with us and or watch it before we cover it, that's where it is right now. Uh, I know. And if for some reason you haven't seen uh, Silver Bullet, it's on Amazon right now for like you could buy it digitally for like four four or five bucks or you can buy the screen factory blu-ray i think it's on sale on amazon for like 20 bucks or buy the 4k for i think it's like 27 or 28 uh and um yeah that's about it dustin we always appreciate you being on the show man it's always great to be able to be like hey you want to be on the show and you say yes absolutely So, hey, you never know. Maybe Dustin will be back next week when we talk about Return to Oz. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it'll be a surprise, okay? (laughs) Dustin, um, for one, because I don't think we did it at the beginning of the show, but you've you've been on the show plenty of times. But why don't you just uh, tell everybody about Flicks and Friends and where everybody can find you? We dissect movies and have... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, we're on. <laughs> you bastard! You son of a bitch! <laughs> that seems uh, targeted. I don't like that. <laughs> I feel attacked. No, so, I was making yeah. fun of me when I did it the last time. Yeah, yeah. We uh, yeah, we pretty much just get people together. We talk about movies. We're on every uh, podcasting platform you could possibly think of, minus YouTube. Uh, we theme our months each season, so that's always fun and. Yeah, that's about it. We we don't really dissect the movie. We just have conversation. So yeah, Dustin leaves it to fun. us. 
Yeah. We try to, yeah, we want to have different shows. So he stopped dissecting films and let, let us do it oh, poorly, yeah. but we, we do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we just try and chop it with a rusty knife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why is your knife upside down? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Wonder it wasn't cutting. Uh, all of Dustin's links will be down in the description, of course. Uh, make sure to go follow Flicks and Friends. It's a it's a great show. It's a great show. It's it's one of those shows where if you even got a little bit of time, you can get through an episode. They're nice and they're easy to get through, and they're a great conversation. Um, you know, listening to Dustin and Paul. Paul brings a lot to the show. That dude's got. A wealth of knowledge. You want some? You want some knowledge? Like I can't wait to have him on the show because he's going to bring so much. It's going to oh, be so ready. exciting. I'm so he is excited. Ready? Yeah. I'm gonna. I, I gotta do. I gotta do my work, man. I gotta do my research. I don't want to. It's gonna get yeah, outperformed on my own show here. Yeah, you can sit you back, Parker. We got Paul. <laughs> you have Dustin, and then you have Paul, and then you have Sean. We have Sean. Yeah. We, listen, it, the, that's the great thing about Flicks and Friends is there's it's three guys with. Like, I love Sean. Most of the time, it's like each have like their own opinions. They have their own like what they bring to the table. It's great. Flicks and Friends, go check them out. Links in the description. Uh, you can find mm-hmm. us at Dissect That Film on all the social medias. Of course, you're listening to us right now, so you know where to find us on the podcast apps. But what I'm going to tell you is leave us five stars. It's free, and it helps us you know, get into more people's ears because that's a good thing. We want that. Do it. And, uh, yeah, we want to we try to hit 30, 30 reviews on Spotify. We want to try to hit 20 reviews on Apple Podcasts because a lot of Apple Podcast listeners of the show and no reviews help us out. How dare you? Help us out. Here. Come on. Uh, Listen, and we, also we can, might know a werewolf, you know, okay. How, yeah. We might know one. Okay. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and uh, you can also do it on good pods as well. It's really, it's a cool app. You can uh, rate and review uh, single episodes. You can do the whole show. It's, it's, it's a cool little app and we're on uh, the, the YouTube. That's, that's the word I was trying to think of. We're on YouTube. We have video form where you can look oh, at our yeah. ugly mugs as we talk about whatever movies. And um, yeah. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash dissect that film, where we have a Patreon exclusive show called The Monster Zone, hosted by Dan and Angela, where we talk about monster movies. We spin the wheel and uh, we talk about monster movies. Most of them have been from the 50s, at least lately, but we're having a great time doing that. And I mean, the 50s likes big things yeah. too. Yeah, and yep. we got more to come. We got more to come for Patreon. We got uh, commentary tracks, we got watch alongs coming down the pipeline um we have yeah just a lot of cool things um and also if you want to join at the one dollar tier you can participate in our polls for uh end of month uh movie watches like we're going to be doing the next few months so hey jump over there and uh, help support the show uh it's uh really appreciated not necessary but it is appreciated i think that's it i think that's everything did i miss anything we good? I don't know. Wash your fucking hands. Yeah, do oh, that. Yeah. And also, <laughs> watch I've out for the that. one. Watch out for that one-eyed man. <gasps> Buck at the moon. All right, everybody. I am Brett Parker. Dang, that dang. is Dan and Angela of DNA Gaming, and that is Dustin from the Flicks and Friends podcast. And this has been episode one of season two. Oh God, that that just doesn't slip off the tongue, right, guys? But no, this has been no. the uh, season premiere of season two however the fuck you want to say this, of Dissect That Film. We'll see y'all again next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
How the fuck am I gonna ex- I don't know how to exit intro this show anymore. <laughs> it's been too long, dude. You've gotten soft. I know. Yeah, I have to go. <laughs>